1: publisher that org hardcore 2.0 episode 21. Today we're going to talk about Anabar and Winstroll in a stack from Paraphorma. So this is a really, really good stack. Now this podcast isn't specifically about cutting necessarily. You can use this stack for recomp, you can use it for vascularity, you can use it for hardness, you can use it for other stuff, but most of you out there are going to use this stack for cutting. So most of the stuff we're going to talk about is going to be related to getting harder, getting cutter, all that good stuff. So it's going to be a really fun podcast. Those of you out there who, you know, you just can't quite get as lean as you want, get as hard as you want. This is going to be the podcast that you're going to want to listen to. If you're already lean, if you're like me, you just stay lean year round. This is the stack that you want to take a look at to really, really show off those abs and get those abs popping. So this is going to be a really, really fun one, Mobster. These are two really, really cool steroids. And and Parapharma has some excellent, excellent oral options as well as injectables. So we're going to talk about that. So first let me bring in Mobster. Uh, How you doing, buddy? Um, Let's talk about Parapharma and why you're a big fan of Parapharma. I know that you've got some Parapharma that you're just about to start as well.
0: Yeah, end of the summer, I'm going to run a, a cutting stack and uh, I have some Parapharma products on my desk, I will bring them over while we're talking. This is a literally a cut stack. Uh, so it's a pre blended mix. Uh, and of course, as you know, Steve already, I am an Anavar fan, never won winstrol, not, not today. However, i like to talk about on these podcasts when we're doing this sort of stuff steve, the approved source and i'm literally looking at their site right now guys so you can do the same you go to parapharma.org and check out their products this is their direct site the actual company site rather than the reseller site what do they have that you need to see when you're looking for a great source i literally the tabs what i'm looking at right now steve the number one, the one that catches my eye every single time, and I say this on all these kind of podcasts, is I want to see lab tests. I want to see up-to-date or recent lab tests. I want the lab tests to be out of house. You can, if you're a big company, and Parapharm has definitely got this sorted, do test in house. But that can sometimes favour the guys that are doing the testing. So the best way to do anything like that, good supplement companies do this as well, is they send off Randomized samples, you literally go down, you just walk along, and you pick a batch. The, the very best have people that turn up and do this for you. This is the ISO stuff, Steve, for, again, for supplement companies and food companies. It's like Literally walk into your warehouse, check your paperwork, grab a sample, and off it goes. Underground labs aren't quite that sophisticated, but here's how it works. Again, they should do the same thing. Randomized samples, keep the guys in the, in, in the labs on their toes, grab a couple of bottles, stick them in an envelope, send them off. And then what you're looking for, guys, you're looking for things like, should. If I I would actually be super suspicious, especially for UGL, if the things were dead on every single time. Industry as a whole, there's a little bit of leeway, and that's exactly how it should be. There's tiny variations between one thing and the next thing, especially when it comes to medication. So I want that. I want a clean-looking product. I want holograms on the labels. The other stuff, which is... Super, super important. And this is the sort of thing, guys, if you come onto the forums, any forum, but especially our forums, and you ask these kind of questions, you want great feedback. You want guys to say that they've used it, that they had good results, that the products got to them in time, that they were well-packed. You want to have, especially when this comes to the resellers or farmer great customer service. All these kind of things are super, super important. And it's the stuff that makes you feel safe. It makes you feel like you, the company knows what they're doing. It's hard for other companies to, to, to copy them, all this kind of stuff. And I think the final thing, Steve, is I want a company to be around a long time. My father's been around, I believe, 12, 13 years. Guys, it's simple. When it comes to this kind of product, for performance and and drugs and the way that we use it and who we buy them from, any company... That's been around over a decade has set out to do a solid product to be reliable, to get a great reputation. That takes a time to build up. And you want that kind of, again, this is how you, you go to a supermarket, do you go to the one you know all the time, guys? Or do you go to that brand spanking new one up the road? You might have a little look around, but you know what you want. You know what you're looking for. And that's what you want from a supermarket. It's what you want from a car. You want from big brands. And this is exactly the same when it comes to performance enhancing drugs. So I love the fact that they've been around over a decade and built up a great reputation. Everything else comes together to get a great approved source like Parapharma. What about you, Steve?
1: Yeah and as you said you know I I got to repeat that they've been around for over 12 years I, I'd say 13 14 years now they've been around and they specialize in anabolic steroids that's what I like about them they they've got 45 different products and 30 variations of those products which are called APIs so they've got a good track record with all these products so you can be rest assured whenever you buy products from them, you're buying exactly what they're advertising. So they've built that up over the years. Some sources, if you go to your buddy at the gym or something, you go to him, you're like, well, I want this. I want this. I want this. He's going to be like, well, I I have this and this and this. He might only have four or five products that he's selling because he's trying to grow his business. He's starting from scratch. So he's going to get Different things in over time. But Parapharma. They are doing this. In their jurisdiction. It's legal. They're using actual professionals. To make their products. It's not your buddy at the gym. Who's got a buddy. Who's got a buddy's cousin. Who's brewing in, in some trailer. In middle America. Somewhere in the middle of the woods. And then he's brewing that gear. And then in right next to it on that table he's brewing meth and he's brewing all these other recreational drugs and he's high the whole time he's making this stuff this stuff happens guys i mean this stuff happens and we've heard stories of these guys who have gotten busted for stuff like this because they're brewing their own gear and the stories are just incredible of you know what they find when they raid you know these 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 little shacks in the middle of the woods or these trailers or something and um really just walk in and it's toxic they have to basically bring in like a hazmat team in full gear just to take care of that and it's really really sad because the neighbors are all exposed to that crap too if they do have neighbors next door, so it's a really, really bad situation. Even they've got kids in the room next door sleeping at night, and they're in the, and they're making all this stuff. It's sad, but yeah. So you definitely don't want to mess around with that stuff. It's just horrible. It's horrible, horrible. So I mean, parapharma look, they're legit. I mean, it's an actual company with professionals making this stuff in actual labs, and the gear that they're selling. This is the most important thing, mobster. It is fairly priced, and it is what you buy. So in this example, the Parapharma anovar that we're going to talk about and the Parapharma Winstrel, it is what they say it is, number one, which is a good thing because Anivar is one of the most fake steroids out there. Number two, it's dosed where you think it's dosed. The the Anivar 10 and the Anovar 50 and the Winstrel 10 and Winstrel 50 – that Parapharma sells, guess what? Each tab, it's 10 milligrams. If it says it's 10 milligrams, it's 10 milligrams. If it says it's 50, yeah. it's 50. Other sources, you could be buying 50. You take 50 milligrams, you're only getting 25. What the heck is that? That's not going to work for you. And that's why people say, oh, Anavar doesn't work for me. It doesn't do anything. Well, it's because you use underdose Var. It could be like 5 milligrams instead of 50 milligrams. So, you know, Parapharma, you'll know the difference. When you use Anavar for Parapharma, you'll know the difference in the quality of the animal. It's really, really uh, going to make a huge difference. And you'll see when you use their stuff. So, mobster, go ahead.
0: Yeah, and let me give you an example, guys. All right, So, we could talk about horror stories. There was a documentary some years ago, it might have even been a news item, Steve, where pills, uh, police, there <laughs> were pills, I'm not sure, were being made in a, a cement mixer in a warehouse in Wembley. I've told this story before, other f- examples, and I actually kept a couple of these vials here for years. I've only just recently been them off, where I'd, I'd had, over the years, uh, accumulated two or three really bad-looking, completely crystallized steroids and whatever else, and you go, it's just horrendous. And, it just, and I thought, no, I keep this as an example. When I'm talking to guys, I say, listen, This is just how bad products can be, and this is what you need to look out for when you're looking for a solid product. And I'll give you an example. And just it sounds like a silly thing, guys, but and and Parafarm is a great example of this. If I'm going to invest like Parapharma, in producing uh, a sachet, for example, for their oral products, that's unique to the market. I don't think I've seen anything else. And it's just because it's black, and it's that zip, zip tie, the zip kind of tear, the bit of. All the other ones I've seen, Steve, and I'm not saying you know I haven't seen everything, obviously, but all the ones that I'm familiar with here in the UK and products that I've tried from other approved sources come in white sachets. These are black. So basically, what does that mean? It means they're going to spend tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, just to have a unique looking sachet. Now, why are you going to do that to put your pills in and then go out and scam them? You're not. right? Same thing again. They changed a few years ago from darker oils to clearer oils, and they keep it that. That means they've asked a company to produce something, or they buy batches of this stuff, and they've stuck to that. They haven't varied. They haven't changed the price. That's what they've been doing for a long time. Same thing with the holograms and the labels. i get if you if I decided Steve and I decided to set up a steroid producing company tomorrow, and we wanted this quality, we would have to spend tens of thousands of dollars just on the labels. On the vials, just to have that kind of quality, the appeal of all of that, that's tens of thousands of dollars. We can't do it for a hundred bucks. We can't do it for a thousand bucks. We've got to spend tens of thousands of dollars just to produce the labels to go on our product. You're not going to spend tens of thousands of dollars, Steve, if you're going to go out producing fake stuff. And then lastly, the last one, which Steve just mentioned as well. I've been around UGLs that have lasted five minutes. Local companies have actually given me product. Fantastic. Thank you very much. You're in a place in the industry. Try this, Steve. See what you think. Do, 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 do. Whatever. Lasted a year. Other companies lasted six months. And like Steve said, two, three products, one form of test. Something, some, you know, just maybe three, four products. Bit of growth, bit of test, Steve. Maybe some clean. maybe something else. That's it. Absolute, That's it. To go out and create a company that's producing 30 plus products that's been hit around 20, 30, you know, 12, 13 years. To to just go out and invest in a a, a sachet that's unique in the industry compared to the other ones that I've seen today. And have that, again, all that costs time and money. And they stayed that way. That's exactly, again, what I'm looking for in a proof source. And it's another reason why we like Parapharma. And it's another reason, Steve, as we said earlier on, why I'm going to give this a try as a cutting stack for myself. End of August, beginning of September. That's where I'm going to go. And we're going to see. I'm not going to get down to a six pack, guys, but we definitely need to see if I get leaner. And trust me, come on under the forms, check my log that i will be running at that particular time, see how the updates, and see what success I get from Parapharma products. Yeah, back to you, Steve.
1: So let's get into the fun stuff. Let's talk about Annabar. And uh, Annabar is one of those uh, steroids over the years. Uh, back in the uh, 1989, the company called Seral discontinued production. Because bodybuilders were abusing it so much that they just didn't want any heat on them, so they stopped producing it. What happened was, it became impossible to get your hands on anavar because nobody was producing it anymore, and people were using it. So, if you were lucky enough to have anavar stocked, you know, stocked up ahead of that, you were able just due to you know uh, uh, supply and demand. You're just able to charge whatever you wanted. So what happened was the price over the next five years, six years skyrocketed until Saviant Pharma in the mid 1990s brought it back. And and during that time, you know what? Their, their pharmaceutical companies, their objective is to is to make a profit. And pharmaceutical companies, the way it works is when they first operate, they have to get funded. They don't make money when they're first out there and they have to get their products approved by the FDA. They have to go through the trials and all that stuff and all that costs money. So these companies run in the red for many, many, many years. So once they finally turn a profit, you damn right, they're going to charge whatever they can to, to, um, to make a profit, to get into the black, right. And be profitable. And that's the end objective of these big pharmaceutical companies. Like today, Pfizer, they make millions, billions of dollars of profits. But when they first started, they did not. So in this case, that's what happened with, with Anovar. It became an expensive steroid just because of that. Because you had that six-year gap where nobody could get their hands on it. So it really never came back down in price. And now... To this day, it's still one of the more expensive steroids. So if you're going to run a, ster- a cycle of Anabar, it's going to cost you some good money. So that's basically the reason why. But it was a really, really good product. Look, at the end of the day, um, in the early 1960s is when they came up for it, uh, come up, came up with it. And the way they structured it is they wanted something that had low androgenic but moderate anabolic properties. So in other words, you're going to take it, you're not going to have those side effects that you can experience with other steroids which is the aggression which is the anger which is the and 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 on the flip side in the gym you're not going to notice yourself get incredibly stronger but anivar is very very underrated as you know uh, mobster when it comes to strength because i've broken prs with the help of anivar and as part of a stack but if you if you run it solo it's not going to be as effective as running as in the stack so um, that's the really beauty part of Anavar is that you've got the low side effects, and, but you have really, really good results, and I think it's underrated out there and it comes to results. One of the reasons this underrated results Mops before I bring you back is because' it's a, it's a DHT derivative. And they structured it like this on purpose to not give the user any type of estrogenic effects as well. So you're not getting the androgenic effects, but you're also not getting the estrogenic effects. So you don't have to worry about water retention. Higher blood pressure from the estrogen, the insomnia that you get from high estrogen, the fatigue that you feel all day on uh, some of these other steroids that you would get, like say on d or testosterone. So all things equal, you're going to get really good hardening effect and really good drawing effect from Anavar, And that's why guys and gals use it. So it is a good one. It's one of the most popular steroids, probably the most popular steroid among females. And they use it at five to 10 milligrams a day. As males, you're going to use it at a higher dose than that. We're going to get into dosing and how to use it and how to stack it with Winstrol, with Pariform and Winstrol, in, in, uh, uh, in, the, in the segment ahead. I want to bring in Mobster because Mobster, you really like Anavar, and people don't really uh, believe it that you like
0: Anavar yeah. because yeah, you're been, a big
1: guy and, and people yeah, would say, a, yeah. yeah, go ahead.
0: They've got. They can't get their brains around the fact that I weigh. I mean, just this morning. What did I weigh this morning, Steve? Three hundred and twenty-four pounds. That's actually a little bit of a bloke, probably from stomach issue or something. I should be under three twenty. And they can't get their heads around. You know, how did he get so big? How did he get so strong? You go. But first, I've just gained a little bit, like everybody else. My, my actual. I actually did this years ago. I gained year on year on year the exact average that most people genetically blessed or otherwise. Average joes, if you go to the gym, if you hit the weights, The gains average out roughly three pounds a year. But then I've been training for forty something years, so you do you just multiply those years by three pounds a year, and you end up the fucking size of a house like I am. So that that's the reason. And then they go they go well, and so mild. Well, it, well, look guys, again, this is one of those experiences I have not used every performance and and drugs. There are some that I've used and I go, yeah, okay. It didn't really do anything for me. Others, they, they become my go-tos. They become my, my, my reliable standbys, you know, as I said, because this works, what works for me. If I want to bloat, if I want that water retention, which is sometimes useful for certain heavy events that I might be involved in, either in the gym or in competition when I competed, Dinobol is absolutely amazing. Anovar for me is one of those, and I said this before, guys, on other podcasts, I again, maybe, and this is especially back in the day when I was absolutely kicking ass in competition, I might put on four or five pounds on the Anovar cycle, but my strength, it was, a, it was like a guarantee, and again, it's come from experience, my, and I'll, I'll use kilograms, Steve, my best Bench press with no performance-enhancing drugs hit around 170 kilograms. I think that's 352. My best might be a little bit more. My best um, on was 190 kilograms, which is 418 pounds. I'm actually thinking the the, the 170 is probably 360, 370. So the the short thing was that I knew that I could hit those numbers. I would add 20 kilos or 44 pounds to my off-cycle bench press with my on-cycle bench press. And I know for a fact that I could do that with Anavar. Steve knows uh, when it comes to injectables, Susten Decker was absolutely amazing for me. And I would put on 20 pounds on cycle. Now, I'm at that point in my, my life, in my training, whatever, that I don't actually need to be the size of a house. So I don't need to be putting on 20 pounds on a cycle. So quite a few cycles, including the most recent Anavar cycles, I gain that weight on cycle hit the numbers I want to hit in my training programs, come off and then reduce back down to where I was before. That's fine for me. No, I don't need to be 340 or 350 or something ridiculous. But yeah, so Anavar for me, I guarantee that, and of course I'm training for strength specifically, I will hit certain numbers. If I can hit a number, that's a good number off cycle, then I know that I'm going to add a certain level on cycle. And Anavar for me is definitely one of those. In terms of, as Steve said now, because I train for strength, if I was training as per today's uh, typical use of these two combined together as a cutting stack, as a way of dry muscle gains, and I'd actually put T-bowl in there as well, Steve, uh, in, in that you don't gain huge amounts of muscle, but you do get more muscular, great for recomposition, and so on and so forth, vastly underrated. Then for me, training in this particular way, trying to get, you know, get cut, get lean, whatever else, Four or five pounds of on-cycle muscle, two or three pounds of off-cycle kept gains is perfect at this point. Perfect, guys. Here's the thing, right? Some of our younger listeners, Steve, they're like, oh, "I want to blow up. I want to be the size of a house. I want to, I want to kick ass." Yeah. So, do you want different drugs, guys? If you want to be as big as a house, you want something else. If you want dry muscular gains, keepable gains, gains that are going to stick, especially if you tweak your diet and your training afterwards, Anavar and Winstrol is a combination for a stack. But each of these two drugs on their own are great for this, and and, and again, I'm thinking more, of, especially nowadays, Steve. How much more popular now? It's what we would call the aesthetic physique, the classic physique, that taper, the 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 vacuum, the six pack, the abs visible all year round. These two, we're talking about Anavar, are absolutely on point for that. You don't need to be. Not everybody wants to be over two hundred pounds, three hundred pounds, two fifty pounds. This is if that look. If you want to look good, down a club. This is a perfect drug in that particular way. And hell, what the hell, Steve? You might not be training for strength, but you get stronger too. A bonus. Thank you very much. But for me, it's a strength drug and actually quite popular in the strength community, but great as a cutter, great as a hardener, okay, as keeping muscle while you're getting rid of the fat. So, yeah, absolutely on point for that, Steve. Thank you.
1: Yeah, so let's get into winstrol. So Winstroll, you know, uh, on the surface – very similar to Anavar, but real-world results are going to be a little different. So, um, you know, bottom line with Winstroll, it's the way it's structured, it's also a DHT derivative. But I would I would classify it as more of a pure DHT derivative in terms of the DHT effects that you're going to be getting. Now, the difference between Anavar and Winstroll, Winstroll, I would peg more as a cosmetic steroid, more as a, um, it's going to dry you out, it's going to harden you out, it's going to make you more vascular, it's going to give you some crazy pumps. Anovar is more performance. So someone like Mobster, who's looking to get strength, he can use Anovar for that reason. But someone like Mobster, Winstrol does him no good in his situation. So I would classify Winstrol more of a aesthetic steroid, not one that you're going to take for six weeks, eight weeks and get, you know, good lean muscle mass and you're going to get cut and you're going to lose body fat and you're going to have some of those strength benefits that we talked about. Winstrol is more of, I want to shape my body. It's more of a artistic steroid, if that makes sense. So if you're going to use Winstroll, you need to be lean. All right, that's step one. So those of you listening, this—if you're twenty percent, twenty-five percent body fat, yep. this stack isn't going to do you any good. Anovar, I could, I could agree with using Anavar, even though you have a higher body fat. I'm not a big fan of people using anabolic steroids with a high body fat. But I could, I could make, I, you know, you could argue that Anavar would be okay, but Winstrol, absolutely not. So with Winstrol, you need to be as lean as possible, because what is the point? Of drying out and hardening and getting more vascular and having an aesthetic steroid being taken, if you can't see your muscles because they're covered up by fat. So remember, muscle and fat are two different things. Obviously, you guys are very smart, you listen to this podcast, you know this already. But if you think about it, if you go, if you go to the gym and or you go to the beach, say let's let's say you go to the beach, I use that an example. And you see guys with no shirts on, you're looking around, and they've got a big gut, right? Now, underneath that gut, they have abdominal muscles, all right? The problem is we can't see their abdominal muscles because it's covered up by fat. And let's be honest, in America, I don't know if it's like this in Britain so much, Mopster, but in America, it seems like every guy over 40, 45 years old looks pregnant at this point. I, I'm sorry to say that, and um, it's really, yes. really, it's really bad. So yeah, I,
0: I, let me jump in here for a yeah. second, Stephen. Something you and I have commented on before, and I don't want to go too far off topic, but yeah, the reality of the situation is we're all eating way too much processed food, way too much comfort food, way too much. So there, are, I've I've actually worked way, way back in the day, briefly with the product development team a meat factory, a sausage factory. That's the main product that we made back in the day. its It's gone on another level, Steve. They're talking about mouthful, and they actually want products to be, quote, unquote, moorish. And that includes normal foods, you know, some potato-type product, meat products, meat-type products, and whatever else. Taste-filled. They want you to be hungry for that product. The problem also, as you say, is, I mean, Steve talks about this, organic food, uh, locally grown food, etc. You don't, you know, you don't want a million ingredients in your products. So what happens with all of those things? You end up with gastrointestinal problems. You end up with fat that sits inside the abdominal cavity, and this is just from eating normal food that's been overprocessed or junk food. And as way too many people, American society, which we tend to follow, even if it's a couple of years down the road, is you know how many people are cooking meals at home? No, dad comes home from work, mum comes home from work, and they're taking their family out or they're getting takeouts and they're not cooking evening meals. They're not cooking food from scratch. And we tend to follow the American models in that regards. So what happens? You can have skinny arms, skinny legs, and it's little pot belly. And the number of people that are like that are growing, as Steve says. So that leads to health problems. So that's a much, that's probably a big discussion for another podcast. So yeah, yeah guys. Yeah. yeah. Let's no say, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, don't be overweight and expect Winstroll to work magic. Absolutely. Um, and, and, yeah.
1: I, you know, I'm, you know, we want to, we want to definitely throw that in because a lot of you are going to use this cycle and a lot of you might be 25% body fat and be like, well, I'm not getting the results I'm looking for. Well, because that, that's why. So we want to make sure my point is I'm not, I'm not saying that to insult anybody. I'm not saying that to be negative. I'm just saying what I want you guys to do out there. Even me, even me, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting right now. I'm probably like 78% body fat. I, I, I need to do better too. So I want to cut down. If I'm going to run a windstroll stack, I'm even going to cut down. I'm going to cut down one or two percent body fat, then go on the windstroll. So that's my point: is lean up. You got to have the flat stomach. Let's see those abs. If you're going to really, really take advantage of windstroll, let's see those abs first. We got to see the outline of those abs. We got to work those abs so they start popping out and get bigger, and then we're going to be able to see oh, that it's going to look beautiful. You're going to, you're going to be beautiful uh, with, with, with this stack. So that's the beauty of winstrol. That is that's that is the point. We want to be able to see what we're looking at. And we see professional bodybuilders too. They look like turtles on stage. They got these big, 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 big guts. And they're on winstrol. And, uh, you know, you, you got to work on it. So we're going to get into more diet and nutrition tips toward the end of the show. Mobster is going to talk about training for cutting. So it's going to be really, really fun. But first, let's talk about how to stack and dose these things, uh, these two. Uh, Parapharma, Anavar uh, and Parapharma, Winstrol. Go ahead, Mopster. Yep.
0: Right. So, guys, let's, let's just suggest what products can you get from Parapharma uh, in this particular regards. They do an oral Anovar 10 milligrams and an oral 50 milligram version. Winstrol, they do it oral and injectable. So in the, in the uh, orals, you can have a 10 milligram or 50 milligram pill again. And in the Winstroll, injectable comes at 50 50 milligrams per mil. Now, something regards to Winstroll, which has been said before, Steve, is that you can uh, drink it as well as uh, take it. it, it, So you can take it orally as well as injectable when it comes to the injectable version. And then obviously, of course, you've got the oral uh, version too. So those are your options in terms of what you're going to buy, what you're going to use. Um, Stacking. This is what I will say. And then Steve can come in with... comments about experienced users, et cetera, et cetera. How would I do this if I was going to run this stack? I, would, I know how I came for strength, the effects that I get from 50 milligrams a day of anavar. So that's what I would do. Uh, like I said, strength in this particular example would be a bonus, but what the hell, I know how that works. I know the effect it has on my body. If you're completely new and there is the issue of VAR pumps, Steve, and we can talk about using Taurin to, to, to help the pumps, but notoriously, Anavar can add them shin pumps from hell, walk into town, etc. Start with 25 milligrams and work you up to 50 milligrams. But for most people, 50 milligrams of Anavar daily is the sweet spot. What about wind stroll? Now, I think Steve will double uh, double down on this if I say it, but I believe, as you says uh, orally, Because I think to myself, if I don't have to stick a pin in, then I won't. But obviously, you have the issues with regards to using oils with the effects on the body. But I would probably go, Steve, 50 milligrams daily again. So what's that? That would be 700 milligrams total per week. That's what I would do. And again, I'm coming to this because the Winstrand and Nevada together for me as a stack would be a new experience. But there'll be experienced users out there. We've run over Anavar and Winstrol together that might run it differently. What about that, Steve? Have you come across this yourself that as a stack that you use? Or what about other yeah. users and how, how, what have you heard yeah. that they might use?
1: So I'd say at your size, that would be a good option. Um, if you're a smaller guy, um, you know, you're under 200 pounds, you're looking to get more cut, then I don't see any issue with running half of that. So 25 milligrams of each per day. So, or even 30 milligrams of the Anavar. And you know, 25 of the uh, Winstrol, but it, you could you could basically get the parma Parapharma 50 of each, right? The 50 milligram tabs. and you could just split them in half, either just cut them in half with your teeth or get a pill cut, cutter, and then you're good to go. Um, or you could get the, the the 10 option and then and play around with that as well. So I think that would be a good. Now, in terms of length of cycle, that's a big 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 one that we get a lot of questions about and that's going to be um more to do with how how much you can tolerate now because both these steroids are 17 alpha alkylated they are liver toxic so so listen at the end of the day when you go on them your liver your liver values are going to go sky high. Your AST, your ALT, they're going to go up. That's normal when you're on. The question is, is it normal beforehand? And will it go back to normal after? Because when you're on them, it's going to be abnormal. So what can we do in that situation? We can make sure we stay away from alcohol. Very, very important. That's going to help your liver. We can stay away from from uh, bad foods, toxic, toxic foods, toxic water, all that stuff. Puts a strain... On our organs that are unnecessary so that's going to be a big big help so get blood work before if your liver values are strained then we got to work on your liver we got to get your liver in better shape and then when you go on they're going to get strained and when you come off they're going to unstrain very important to run liver support when you're on you know so come on our forums check out what we have uh recommend to you guys in terms of liver support very very important uh, to do that. And that's going to help give your uh, liver a break. Do not dare drink alcohol on this cycle. That's going to be a big problem. In terms of liver support, a great liver support supplement is also going to contain some taurine. And taurine is going to be important here with the pumps. Because if you use Anovar by itself, you're going to get pumps. If you use Winstrel by itself, you're going to get pumps. If you're using them together, the pumps are going to be really 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 crazy so you know which is fine but taurine will give will get the edge off of that so in terms of dosage of length anywhere from four weeks to six weeks up to eight weeks on this stack would be the way that you can run it and at the end of the day it's flexible if you get to six weeks and you're like you know what i've had enough i'm ready to come off you can come off if you get to six weeks and you're like no i want two more weeks i then stay on two more weeks that's the beauty part of this. So the nice thing about parapharma too is they're quick to deliver. All the reviews we see, they are fast. They get your products shipped out fast. So if you hit, if you're almost to the six-week mark and you're like, man, I want to run this another week or two. I want to order some more. You can just go on the parapharma website and and, and and order more. You know? So that's the beauty part about using parapharma, is you could be flexible. And there's no yeah. rule where you have to say, yeah, I'm going to run an eight-week cycle. Then you get to week six, and you're like, oh, these pumps. I can't take these pumps anymore. It's too much for me. I I need a break. Well, okay, then stop using it. And on the flip side, if you get to, if you get to week five, and you're like, well, I'm, I'm almost out of gear. Then order more. Order another pack of each. And then you can extend the cycle. Be flexible. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, 10, 15 years ago on the forums... Guys were so anal about this stuff. They'd be like, oh, you got to plan everything. You I have a blueprint. That's not how this works. If you're a professional bodybuilder, how can you have a plan like that and not change stuff? If something isn't working going into the show, do you keep doing it wrong or do you switch stuff up? That is a great coach. If you're a football coach and your team's losing 30 to 0 at halftime, do you just keep doing whatever you've been doing in the first half and the second half. Fuck. No, the other coach, he's going to make adjustments. You got to make adjustments. So that's what we got to do when it comes to this. Same thing with nutrition, working out all this other stuff. You got to make some changes if things aren't working out. So we're going to jump in. Yeah. Jump in that monster.
0: I I have definitely been that person that Steve talks about, especially when it comes to training, nutrition and whatever else Here's, here's Here's my reasoning. And, uh, again, you, if you're a listener who's not used these drugs before, and you're, you're not going to be familiar with how your body responds, I think perhaps, and maybe I've been guilty of this as well, Steve, if you come from a point of having loads of experience, if, for example, I first took, took performance enhancing drugs when I was 37 years of age. I'm 59 in, I don't know, four or five weeks' time, whatever. So I've been running, I've not... Consistently, obviously, but for a long ass time. So therefore, I know the drugs that I have used, what my experience is. Equally, as I say, I don't like, for example, being unplanned in a particular way. And to use the analogy that Steve just used, the guys on the field would have run drills. They would have practiced certain movements. They're not doing something new the first time they go onto the field. They will do something that they've practiced for. They just changed the game plan, as Steve said. So, for example, and this is something else that's super, super important. And I think we actually discussed this in a recent podcast, Steve. Every single listener, if not completely different, is unique. Some will be a little bit too fat and we want them to get lean. Some will be super lean, so they're going to have a different response. Some will be young. Some will be old. Some will be completely experienced with these drugs and know perfectly well how to dose them for themselves. And they won't even need to listen to our advice. Others will need to listen to them. I do quite often, Steve, especially if I'm coming to something new or haven't used anything for ages, I have a refresher. I would listen to this podcast just to remind myself, oh, yes, right, that's how I need to do all of those kind of things. As an example, again, Steve, I'm going to change the subject a little bit. It would be wind stroll side effects. As Steve mentioned where you can get bad wind stroll pumps, and especially if you're super lean, hydrating well, doing a high-volume type of workout or wherever. Another issue, for example, which not every listener or every windstroll user would have, would be it has it can have issues. you can have issues on your hairline. if you are specifically genetically predispositioned for that, if there's male pattern baldness or female pattern baldness in your family history, if your dad's like that, your uncle's are like that, then you're probably going to be like that. And therefore windstroll can have can give you issues on that. As a plus, for example, and this is from a study that's done as linked in one of the articles that using to reference for ourselves today, uh, it upped, it boosted collagen in, a, in one particular study. So that's a plus. And again, I, ironically, it can dry the joints out when you're on cycle. So that would be something, Steve, where a group of users in that study saw of boosting collagen, but that might be at a medical dosage versus what we're talking about here today, guys, is performance-enhancing dosage. You see how we can be confusing in that particular thing where you've got... One individual's got this genetic disposition, another, you see, that's why experience is super useful. And that's why we like to see you do research. We want you to plan. But as Steve said, if it's not working out the way that it's supposed to, if the dosage is producing no effects, if you've used a poor source, all these things have an effect. It's why we encourage logs. It's why we asked you to come on the forum and even comments in in the podcast that we're talking about and, and doing right now. We we want to see those things come up, and then we can explain those things for you as an individual, and we can have other users and other listeners come in and help you as well. So those are things you need to look out for in terms of side effects for wind stroll. Uh, and again, it's the reason why if if I but ask you to plan, and, but as again, I might come in as an experienced user versus someone that's never used it before, needing to tweak the dosages, like Steve said, because of course at the end of the day, what what are you all doing it for? You're not doing a cycle just because mobs that said it has to be done at this dosage, you're looking for an end result. And the end result in this set of circumstances with this stack should be a leaner, more vascular, more aesthetic looking you than before the stack. And that's what we want you to get. So we would then suggest, especially if we're looking at your log online, that you tweak this, that you adjust the dosage there and so on and so forth. You know, no need to stand for this length of time if this length of time's got you the results you want. You know, and again, that's what a good coach does as Steve says, but we do it from a practice and experience position. So the numbers that we've suggested already come from the majority of users getting a good response. That's why we want you to be leaner, because those that are carrying more body fat don't get as good results on this stack as those that are already lean. And that just makes sense anyway, guys. Yes, so back to you, Steve.
1: Yeah, so why don't we move on to the next one, buddy, training for cutting. I'm going to let you uh, take first stab at this one. How would you train – On this particular stack, doing para pharma and para pharma anavar,
0: right? So, I'm actually, I'll tell you about the training, but we're gonna because we are going to talk about diet and nutrition. So, I'll do training first and then we'll come back around to the diet and nutrition together after. Okay, guys, so I've already said, uh, I will be running a cutting type stack, not this particular one, but a cutting type stack at the end of the summer, end of August, beginning of September time. I've been off whatever I've done recently long enough. Uh, I'm Hopefully get my body weight down a little bit. Here, yeah, I'm an old motherfucker. So the foods that I used to be able to eat, Steve, I can't eat anymore. So they cause me problems. And that can make me blow. It can make me whole water. I need to make sure that my diet's on point training. Now, just because I want the cut, the old analogy of you do more volume, you do more reps, you'll get cut. It's kind of pointless. Much better off fasting or doing cardio or dieting properly uh, versus trying to do more reps in the gym with a moderate weight and use that to burn a certain amount of calories. The average person in an hour in the gym, regardless of what kind of training you're doing, you're doing it around about 400 calories. And that's for someone around, I'm going to say 160, 170, 180, Steve. I weigh a lot more, so I might burn more. But that's just to have me stand there and do normal shit. I do that kind of level all the time. So what would I do? Okay couple of things um i i I do little to no abdominal work so straight away steve just to get my stomach flatter i would introduce abdominal work i specifically thinking right now more leg raises and lower abdominal work to tighten my belly that's going to give me a certain look do I, i i have heavy deadlifts right now relatively so i might do a higher volume on deadlifts And why am I doing that? Because I I want to reduce the size of my obliques. That's the muscles on the side of my abs. So I'm starting to think aesthetically here. I'm starting to think about what what the look I'm going to produce. And so those are two things, just bringing my waist down by not doing heavy, heavy squats, not doing heavy, heavy deadlifts, doing certain machine work overhead, for example, rather than perhaps with a barbell. I I sit down and do seated press, but some of you might be doing standing press. And again, that core work can actually thicken your waist. So I want my waist to come down. I would definitely, Steve, increase my cardio. Something I said to Steve in the pre-show is that I get a certain number of steps a day. My target, typically daily right now, is around 6,000. It averages at that that level no problem at all. I will hit that target no problem at all today, Steve, because I walk to the gym. But I would I would put a third walk in. I would get up real early, or I would actually do one just before my evening meal. Go out for 25, 30 minutes and go out and get another 1,500, 2,000 steps. Easy peasy. And literally, I think on mine, Steve, that works out to about 400 calories right there. So I would increase that daily to that level. I might find I'm only to do more. What else would I do? Uh, Again, go back to the gym again. Once I start to see muscles appearing through the body fat, Steve, once the diet kicks in, once the water retention disappears. I'm going to see stuff Period. And if I'm a normal Joe, I'm going to want to train those muscles that pop. Now, aesthetically speaking, again, I do relatively low volume, but I might increase that volume moderately and bring the weights down from, as as I train for strength, typically 80, 85, 90% of my one rep max. I might bring it back down to 70%, but I would try to increase the volume of, for example, work of, that I do on the side of my shoulders, the lateral head. Make that stuff pop out, get the tricep to pop out more, double down on working on the contraction when I'm in training, because again, as the muscles are starting to show through the body fat, as the body fat decreases, I'm not going to see the head of the tricep, I might start to see veins, where I haven't had veins for years, Uh, I've always been able to flex my quads so you can see my quads, but what about my hamstrings as I get drier? I don't train my calves, so I might start training my calves again after a very, very long kind of time. And these are the aesthetic stuff. Take the lateral head, popping out on the delt, making me look wide, doing exercises or changing exercises to reduce the size of my waist a little bit at the same time as working those lateral heads. Doing things, for example, I don't change foot position on certain leg exercises so I could bring my legs together to work on the outer quads to get that sweep. So I start to look more like a bodybuilder than a really big muscular strength athlete. Kind of all straight up and down. The old analogy we used to have here in the UK, Steve, is like a brick shit-ass when you're talking about a really big guy. But when you're talking about aesthetics, you're talking about Apollonian. You're talking about looking like an Adonis, And it's always broad-shouldered, small-waisted, muscles popping. Things like, uh, again, I'm thinking just for Ab, Steve, especially if I was as lean as you are already, I'd be working on my intercostals, the serratus muscles. So you can see not just the abs, but those little muscles off to the side that are tucked away between the armpit and under the pec and the abs. Those little detail muscles start to come out. Now, for me, I might not do those, but for you guys that are already lean and running this stack, those little detail muscles, the outer head, or in my case, for example, Steve, I've actually got a semi-decent outer head to my calf but the inside genetically is really poor. So start to change foot position. And calf exercises just to work those muscles on the inside, and bringing those things out. Here's something else which has always been kind of fucked up, and it's hard sometimes to explain to newbies when it comes to training in this kind of experience. As big as I am, if I was twenty pounds lighter, and if that twenty pounds was just body fat taken off magically thrown away to have been somewhere, I would look bigger because. Being more muscular, perversely, makes you look bigger. If you've ever seen an uh, outer shape or bloated, slightly bloated, a little bit of body fat, bodybuilder, off-season, and then the same person, especially if they're competing as a pro, on in competition shape on stage, and especially if they're posing solo, you can't get your head around the fact that they're actually smaller but more muscular. They look bigger. It's just a visual thing. That play it's, it's kind of weird steve how nature makes us do that in our heads but we do it and so again like i say for me i probably looked my best two i'm a big motherfucker but i looked a certain particular way when i was two eighty two ninety. so that would be 30 pounds 40 pounds like a name right now so i think it's one of those things where if you suit hopefully <laughs> i'm successful if i'm successful I will probably be 20 pounds lighter than I am right now, but visually far more impressive. And if it applies to me as a big motherfucker that trains for strength, it's obviously going to apply to you guys. And again, if I was coaching, Steve and I might say, oh, your, your triceps are great, your calves are great, your quads are great, but you're, you're out ahead of your your delts needs more work. And we would advise you. It's another reason why we like you to run logs on the forum. And it's another reason, funny enough, why we want you to put up honest photographs not filtered, not tw- not stuff that you took 10 years ago, something that you took yesterday. And then we could say, okay, the belly needs to come down. The quads could do with milk. You've got great shape to the quads, but there's no definition. All of these kind of things. That can be sometimes difficult. I'm reasonably good at being analytical about myself. And and again, it might just be people making comments. And here's another thing as well. I think this applies to Steve, myself, and you guys. As you progress through this stack, as you're doing this cycle with the paraphromal products, as you start to get into shape, the feedback, positive, unless people around you are completely out of our asses, should make you go harder, should make you train more. You're getting in shape. My God, what are you doing at the minute? Oh, wow, look at your look at your triceps, they're amazing. And that kind of feedback, that kind of vibe that you get of people at the gym, from the wife, the girlfriend, or whoever, makes those, it makes the journey easier steve because you're getting that positive feedback it makes you want to stick with it and it makes you want to get harder it makes you want to get lean it makes you want to wake those muscles pop even more because you're getting that kind of positive feedback what about you steve i think you've actually said in a previous podcast you've actually had people in the gym so you've got you know the, the, the things looking good and you've had that kind of feedback and of course you work with clients as well
1: oh yeah buddy i mean look at the end of the day with training you know this is i uh, you touched on so much stuff here, so let me let me just add this. When it comes to training, you have to remember. No matter what you want to good good at, tennis, football, soccer, uh, chess, anything, you just got to do it. You got to train your body, you got to train your mind to learn adaptation, and you've got to put the hours into the gym. But you got to be efficient with your hours. So if I go to the gym, mobster. Sometimes it's very frustrating, especially going to franchise gyms, all right? And watching the way guys are training, they're training very inefficiently. And um, look, we could do like 10 shows about how to train more efficiently. And obviously, it's going to be really hard for me to sit here and explain it. But I'll put it this way. Know what you're doing. Know the way the muscle works. Know the science behind the objective of why we weight train. And on this stack specifically, know how the stack is going to affect how you weight train. Training to failure and training to where you're really fatiguing the muscle, it's going to really bring out the the vascularity and the pumps of the muscle. It's going to make them bigger. But it's not necessarily going to mean that you're going to have more success. So you have to remember that on this stack, the pumps are going to be so outrageous that it's going to be hard to train to failure when you get in these types of pumps because you'll be you'll be lifting and you'll see the freaking veins about to pop out of your muscle and it's going to actually get in the way of your training. So you have to adjust your training when you're in the, stra- um, the stack a little bit to where you're training more efficiently than you're training to just get a pump because you're going to get a pump on the stack. You can go and pick up 10-pound dumbbells in front of the mirror and just do curls a couple sets of curls and you'll, you'll even get pumps. It's not that hard to get pumps. That's not really why uh, the objective of what we're doing here. So Momster, I'll let you touch on that a bit. And we need to get into diet and nutrition tips before we
0: close out. Yeah. I mean, let me give you an example, guys. And I've actually been good with this way back in the day, right? So uh, t- two things. One was when the magazines were much more prevalent in bodybuilding, training, physique, whatever you want to call it. Uh, guys would buy a magazine and it'll say something on the front. Some of them still do. The few that are still available. Bigger biceps in in six weeks. Bigger biceps in eight weeks. The problem was there'd be a different article pushed on the front of the next issue of the magazine one month later. So you'd have guys hitting a program for four weeks and some might make progress. But the problem with most of those was that they would change in monthly. Now we got guys out there that had train what they call instinctively. But that for no part, unless you're a genetic freak, is bollocks. It's a waste of time. It means you have no consistent, consistency to your training, no consistency to your diet, no consistency, literally, to turning up at the gym and so on and so forth. So, I, I've guys, guys will say, "I'm down the gym for four hours. So what? The fucking gym owner's there for twelve. Why isn't he the biggest most muscular person on the planet? I don't care how long you're there for." I care how hard you trained when you were there. So these things are important. Intensity is something that this old motherfucker's like me talk about, and it's hard to describe, but it's very easy to demonstrate if we get you to the gym and say, listen, I'm going to blitz your biceps. I, I, you know, my bicep workout, Steve, 25 minutes. If I go and do the, the, the bicep tricep machine workout that I do at the gym, 25 minutes. Uh, t- today was an hour, hour and a half for the bench press deadlift and uh, uh, grip work that I did, forearm work. So it's one of those kind of things. I'm doing high percentage of one rep max. That means I'm fucking bullshitting and walking around and getting my head in the right place between sets. But if you was in this gym, I'd want you to be hitting it hard. Boom. Steve talked about it. 45, 50 minutes in a gym. So it's things like that. That, that. The consistency, I'll touch on this again. Right. So guys that I go to the gym sometimes, the local gym, and it's less people there if it's raining, less people there if it's hot. So, sorry, the reason you couldn't train today is because of the weather. You're driving to the gym to do cardio, motherfucker. Like you could have walked. So, there's loads of things you guys need to do. And again, this is why we say, as much as we like to talk about and give you advice on performance enhancing drugs, the training and being consistent and as C steps, having a certain knowledge of how your body is going to respond is super important. So, this is another thing, right? If you're old enough and ugly enough, as we say in the UK, Steve, you can do pretty much what you like when it comes to performance enhancing drugs. But we like you to have learned something about your body. And we have a certain time scale, which is typically 25 years of age, more or less. But the learning how your body responds to training, having knowledge of how exercises work and how to get the best out of them. And then maybe having an old motherfucker like me or Steve with a consult, kicking your ass, working with a PT. Working with someone who's got a bit more experience than you to get you to get the best out of yourself. And then, boom, we inter- then then put in the performance-enhancing drugs in. Now, moving on. Diet. What will I do? buddy of mine at the gym has just started doing this himself. I'm talking about the gym owner, Steve. And as we say here in South Wales, he has his head on when he's training to get into shape. What does that mean, guys? It means he will have food from the local mobile burger bar during the daytime when he's not trying to get in shape, it, they even prefer, they even cook healthy food for him from time to time. But when he's trying to get in shape, as he is right now, as we record this podcast, it's meal prep, almost anal, Steve. Uh, you know, and, and, and it's always great vegetables, always good good quality protein sources in there. So and, and my next one, he actually showed me a photograph on his phone this morning of an amazing-looking breakfast leave with yoghurt and uh, wholemeal toast and all this kind of fun. So he's meal prepping. And literally, I, I see him last week, and I, uh, I see him the week before, and I saw him today. And the week before, he wasn't meal prepping, but he tightened up in his training, and you could see the shape coming into his face. Last week to this week, he's meal prepped, and he's starting to get leaner. Veins are already appearing on his arms. So there's a consistency in nutrition. Now, nutrition, talked about this earlier on. Talk about it again. I'll let Steve jump in as well. Clean, healthy food. I don't want you sitting down and eating chips of a night some of you watching the TV and then saying, I didn't make as many much progress as I should have done. Organic, locally produced food. Meal prepping. You can do it. Most bodybuilding meal prep type meals, you can do yourself. You can go on YouTube, you can come on the forums. The recipes, some of the guys who discuss recipes, including cheap meals, and they will talk about how the photographs. I think Phil, we talked about this on a recent podcast, repping for another company. He's actually had pictures of the food that he's been eating. Steve, it is amazing. You've got no excuse. And again, meal prep. If you look, if I was gonna do some chicken and rice right now, it'd take me, I don't know, say 15 15 minutes for the rice and 20, 25 minutes to, to, to roast or bake some chicken breast, Right, so how much longer does it to take me to do more rice and more chicken breasts for the next few days? The same goddamn amount of time. A little bit longer to put them on the tray, a little bit, few more seconds to pour some more rice into the saucepan and boil it up. That That's, honestly, guys, so meal prepping is, you've got no excuse. And trust me, it's that much better, to, especially with healthy ingredients, organic, locally produced ingredients, and I'll let Steve talk about the kind of ingredients to meal prep because then you can take food in, you can reduce or enlarge larger quantities, you can tweak the diet as you go along. Oh, you need more nut oils, you need a little bit more healthy fats, you need to don't have the same food every day. What about seasonings and spices? All of these kind of things. So, Steve, talk about the, the kind of foods that you would use. Oh, I guarantee this is going to be the same as me when I want to cut later on. And uh, hell, I'm, I'm starting to get that meal prep vibe at the back of my brain. Ready for the end of August. So, what would you do, Steve? Because
1: so, because of the way that wind straw works and the way it dries out your joints tremendously, and you also should be using a joint support supplement as well on this stack. By the way, not just liver support, and you know, um, you should also be using that. But you you hit the nail on the head with with good fats. And for some reason, um, there is I should really say due to brainwashing and propaganda throughout the 80s and 90s in America, especially the 80s, people are scared of fat. Ask anyone who's a boomer, uh, the boomer generation mobster. Um, I know you're kind of on the edge of being a
0: boomer, but the p- generation... No, no, see, I, I, I me and you discussed this on another show. I am a boomer, and I even looked at uh, Randy Roach's Muscle Smoke and Mirrors, and there's a several chapters de- in that book dedicated to the whole... Uh, healthy fat bad yeah. fats etc and the whole thing that came out of the medical discussion at the time you're on point 100 and that's yeah. only now in our field in the nutrition sports nutrition pd field that we realize good fats are needed as you was about to say yeah I'll back to you
1: so as much as good fats are needed we got to avoid the bad fats so their fine oils are killing in america they're killing if you go to any restaurant or any fast food joint How do they cook the food? They cook it in refined, refined food, uh, refined oils. And those refined oils are causing a huge imbalance in our body. And that's going to lead you to have more joint problems, more inflammation and all that stuff in the body. So inflammation in the body is not a good thing. It's going to get in the way of your training. It's going to get in ready results. So as much as I say, you know, you want your good fats, the raw nuts, avocados, learn to make guacamole and you will absolutely love it you'll be eating this stuff you can add it to salads you can add it to your beef or steak you can add it to chicken you can you can just make you can just eat it plain. you know plain i mean it's just there's so many different ways to use you know to get uh to make guacamole well it's funny thing and in in, if you go to the supermarket they've got avocados and they have the low fat it actually says a big sticker on it low fat avocado because some avocados are low lower fat than others, and people, you know, they gravitate to that. Well, I want lower fat. I'm gonna go with look. No, you want the higher fat avocado. That's the idea here. You want the good fat. So we see a lot of people, um you know, who are suffering from like heart attacks and and have, um, you know, they go to cardiologists and stuff, and and the cardiologists will tell them a good cardiologist will tell them you need more good fats. And they look at the cardiologist like, well, "What are you talking about? I need more." More fat? What are you talking about? I've been told my whole life that fats are bad for you. You gotta remember the sugar industry. During the eighties, they took, they wanted you to think that because they wanted you to buy their sugar. The sugar industry is a huge, huge um, business, especially in the South in the United States, and uh, that's pretty much all they can grow in the South. In certain parts of the South, like the in the Everglades of Florida, what do you think they grow? They grow sugar cane. They can't grow wheat and corn and it's too hot and it's too it's too uh too much rain it's too moist the ground so sugarcane is what they want to grow so of course they want you to consume sugar then take out the fat out of the foods and add sugar so you always want to get good natural good fats when you buy a steak for example you want to get the fattier cut of steak when you um but even better than that is bone broth bone broth is full of good fat so if you're not eating Bone broth, especially if you live in a colder climate, like your uh, side of the pond, mobster, it's cold pretty much you know much of the year. Bone broth, I'd be eating bone broth like all the time, you know. And that's why, like in Russia and stuff in Siberia, they're always consuming soup because of of the cold weather. But bone broth is really really good, so um you could you could definitely do that, and that would be a great way to get in those good fats, good collagen,s and that would be a weapon on the cycle. That would be a great idea on the cycle. In fact, I might do that myself. Uh, once it cools down, I'll, uh, I'll jump on this cycle and then I'll be um, consuming bone broth like, you know, um, once a week, twice a week on this cycle. And that would be work really good. And that will definitely help your joints. So That'd be a really, really good tip when it comes to nutrition for you. And the bone broth has so much nutrition in it. It's so good for you overall. It's good for everything in your body. It's good for your skin. It's good for your organs. It's good for everything. So mobster. I think it was
0: a good show. Guys, yeah, I I agree, Steve. Guys, if you can learn to cook, and again, as I said earlier on, hit YouTube up. There are a million recipes on there, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15, stuff to do for a a family dinner, whatever, Uh, a full roast, Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving dinner, all these kind of things, right down to high-protein, easy meals to prepare. Learn to cook, and you can therefore learn to control what goes in your mouth. As an example, Steve, and we've talked about it at some of our shows, i make homemade ice cream uh, there's a great ice cream company 10 miles away from here over into the next valley uh called subzero and they produce product that's going to go into shops as well as obviously eaten locally like by people like myself and as an example my homegrown ice cream the stuff i make here with my little machine etc cetera, etc cetera, has maybe five six ingredients because they're a commercial company, as good as their product is, they have a sorbet, which is essentially a water ice, guys, that's got 17 ingredients because it needs to be able to sit on the shelf in the supermarket or shop for weeks, certainly days at a time. My, my stuff is made and then stuck in the freezer, and then I take it out and let it soften and I eat it. There's no transportation across the mountain, 100 miles, or whatever else. So, your ability to do that by meal prepping for yourself, tweaking your diet in that particular way, coming on the forums and getting advice for us is going to help. Then you're using parapharma, para performance-enhancing drugs and products to aid your fat loss, to get you into that aesthetic, lean, mean machine that you guys want from this stack, that we want you to be successful. is going to help you as much as possible. Please note, we are not doctors and opinions are ours is our view is based on our experience and views on the topic, a podcast of informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the first amendment.